Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI and global improv community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics and today's guest is the wonderful Jay Villanueva. Now I recently got to meet Jay in person on a trip to the Philippines and in the the time that we were together I just got such a good feeling from him, such good vibes. I already knew that he was going to be wonderful from everything I'd seen about him online and in, in drop-in sessions and things and he more then uh, outdid those expectations when meeting him in person and you'll hear just from this conversation uh, yeah that it is a, a wonderful chat and he is such a warm welcoming person and I am delighted to have this platform to just get together and have a chat with him this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. And now it's time to go off script and find out Jay's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. He's all the way in the future, seven hours ahead of me right now. He's in the Philippines. It is Jay. Welcome, Jay. Hello. Good good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening to whoever is uh, watching or uh, listening to our podcast right now. <laughs> well, I am delighted to have you here and to have this opportunity to chat. I had the pleasure of meeting you very recently on a trip to the Philippines. And I, I'm really glad that I waited till I met you in person uh, before I got you on the show. Uh, it, it's my pleasure. And uh, I appreciate that you met me first before inviting me to the show. <laughs> um, and, and it's it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, thanks. So let's just talk. So you're in the Philippines, you're in Manila. And yes, I just yes. want to talk, first of all, what is the improv scene in your area, in Manila, in the Philippines in general? What's it like there? Okay. So the improv scene in Manila is both old and new. When I say both old and new, um, you have had groups performing improv, um, improv, playback theater, uh, and the like in Manila for a, for quite some Quite some time now. Um, I, I'm not particular about the date. When I when uh, I'm not particularly sure on where it's where and when it started, but um, but yes, uh, the 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 scene is not exactly in its infancy, but it's also in its infancy, and it made mm-hmm. uh, made a few turns here and there. Okay, so that's that's uh, saying that, but but. Uh, the the good thing is that at this day and age, it is starting to become busy and starting to become um, to become uh, a little more w- wider than what we expect. Okay, so what specifically is your involvement? What are you part of? What groups are you part of? What sessions do you run? Oh, okay. Um, so I started doing improv uh, when I say that it's old and new. I started doing improv in 
five when I started in college. Wow. Um and 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 during that time, I was part of a group or I joined the group called the Bibliothek Improvisation Group in um in 1995 in uh, the Philippine Normal University. And in the Philippine Normal University, you had this big theater groups um that that practiced um their their own theatrical philosophies and then you had the bibliotech improvisation group who technically didn't know that they were doing improv already <laughs> it was it was a uh, very uh, un, un, unschooled improv or it was like okay we are doing things unscripted these are unrehearsed stuff and then we'll perform for you and during that time i i, I marveled at the 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 boldness of it all that yes we can tell stories without this uh without the script or or uh, or that so i joined that group and then after i graduated in 1999 um and i started teaching um i uh, i kind of put the the art side of me because i was starting uh, uh to the side because i was starting um to teach it was i was getting into, into a career and then um when i started again that was uh with one and a half men uh that was in in like six or seven years ago i started again with a group called one and a half men i was the only non-young per- let's just say i was the only <laughs> non-young person there because when they called for people to audition, I auditioned. Um, and then when I auditioned, that's the only time after getting accepted, that was the only time that they told me that, oh, they were particularly looking for people of college age oh. or of just out of college age. And I was like 40, 30 plus then. I was in my late 30s. And I said, you can always say, no or i you can say that and then he said and they said no 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 we want you here um thank thank you for for uh for making for auditioning join us and um that's that started the ball rolling again um then after one and a half men um spit uh who is the premier improv group in manila right now um they started a school called Third World Improv. And when they started Third World Improv, um I attended, I I I I enrolled and I was part of one uh, sorry, not one, of the first batch of graduates from Third World Improv, the, the school. Uh I was part of um is it Wednesday yet? And from there um, I, I I went after the five levels after graduating. I asked, "What's next? What do you do next? What, where do you go from here?" Yeah. I mean, it it would be a dream to be able to join the premier group, but uh, aside from that, uh, Gabe Mercado said, "You should always try to find your own path in improv," and so I I I followed that. And I went like, okay, what is my path of improv? And then I started liking 
uh, particular kinds of improv, like long form, uh, or and and the story structure that it provides. So I started falling in love with narrative improv and dramatic improv, and uh, also comedy sports, uh, which Gamercada said, uh, go uh, study this kind of improv comedy sport and try to bring this kind of improv to the Philippines. So I, I was on both ends of the spectrum, a very long form of improv, a very dramatic form of improv, and a very playful kind of improv. Uh, so, yeah. And then along uh, in the middle, you have um, the teachings of Jonathan Pitts. So you have there. And um, the teachings of, um, during the pandemic, um, when the pandemic broke out, I joined the group called Talisman. Um, I auditioned for, uh, with Greg, Tavares of Theater 99. I joined the group called um, uh, Horrible Friends of Mine from Queen City Improv um, in Charlotte. And um, when when things were going around, I even auditioned for parts um, <laughs> for uh, online improv at the theater, um, the, the Hideout Theater in Austin, Texas. So I was in two uh, shows that were online <laughs> and um and uh one of them was found it was ba- it was a show based on found footage and uh the other one was uh the star wars oh. uh inspired show so yes that that kind of thing so for now that's what i'm part of what i started was an it was a different it's a different story <laughs> well we got time we we got time okay. with a different story okay um what i started though was well um i i started first i started um crammers collective the crammers collective started out as an all boys sorry all male youth improv group their their ages ranged from 13 to 18 okay. and they performed um in the it, it will be started at the Manila Improv Festival, and then they performed in the Singapore Improv Festival, and so forth and so on. So they had shows, um, and that they they started having shows before I graduated from Third World Improv from TWI. So that was um, uh, I could consider Crammers Collective as one and a half men babies because <laughs> they started from that. Um, I also started the first. Na, uh, the first high school improv club in the Philippines, which is Schrodinger's Act, and I'm still moderator uh, of that group now. Um, I started during the pandemic. I started um, a, a small group called the Virtual Hug Improv um, Jam, and we just jammed during the times that there were uh, that we had the lockdown. Um and it was a weekly jam until you know everything opened up and and yeah. and and things happened so we cut it to two times a week and then not at all now we're back at two times a week and so forth and so on. Um, uh, right now I'm I'm coaching um a couple of teams I'm coaching uh Laron project which uh performed at the Singapore Improv Festival uh now. They're going to perform at uh, the Vietnam Improv Festival, which we can talk about later. Um, I, I, I'm coaching uh, Grace Box, which performs a format that we created uh, or uh, we modified. It's called Shared Spaces. 
uh and then uh right now i'm uh, there's another group that uh is an is more narrative so it's it's a long long form group um the tentative name is domagli which is filipino for uh sudden or uh impulse or impulse okay. um that's what that's what i'm in so far and now that i've mentioned everything i seem to be pretty busy <laughs> yeah very busy yeah. so there's a few things that i want to get into there that you've mentioned the first thing is i just want to talk about so you said you did some improv and then you focused on your teaching for a long time and then you came back to improv and that kind of mirrors what happened in my life so I just want to ask, what was it that drew you back to improv those six years ago? Okay, uh, funny story. I, I hope that it's it's okay for this podcast because um, I, I was uh, w- when I started teaching, I also started becoming a public speaker, and uh, this was news for someone like me. So I started uh, becoming um, a teacher's prep person uh teachers had to take a licensure exam so uh i i helped them prep and i i go to different places in the philippines and um i also get invited to give uh, professional development sessions uh around the country and one on and on one such trip i went to a place called bicol in the philippines in a, it's um it's on the southern part of the main island of the philippines um, and I was traveling by bus at night. It was a, a, a midnight trip going back to Manila. And uh, I, I figured in a, a seven-vehicle accident in which I flew out of the bus wow. uh, through the window that you usually see. Uh, in case of emergency, brake glass. I, I flew through that window and uh, picked myself up uh, like uh, several meters away from the bus. And one of the things that I said to myself was, uh, and I was, I, I'm Catholic, so I, I, I said, Lord, uh, I don't want to die here. It's dirty. So, um, it's, it, no one might, I, I, people might not see me and stuff like that. So I don't want to die here. And when I stood up, um, it, it seemed like a voice just spoke to me and said, do what you have to do. Now that you're here, do what you have to do. And one of the things that I did think that I had to do was get back into something that I love, which is uh, which is performing, which is theater. So after that, I started going back. I, I took some workshops at uh, the at a theater organization in the Philippines called uh, the Philippine Educational Theater Association or uh, PETA. Okay, not not uh, not PETA. It's PETA. Okay, uh, so PETA, and I I attended all of their workshops, and it it was actually they they actually were was were teasing me and telling me that okay, you've attended all the workshops. The only workshop that you haven't attended is the teens and the children's workshop. So I doubted that you're going to get into that, but I did because I became. Um, uh, an, uh, a teacher assistant for for one of those classes so there and then that's when improv came back and then i said now that oh okay so it's actually something that you do to perform yes okay and and there are people who practice this and i i go like I, and i went like 
okay, okay, um, uh, maybe this is something that I can get into. And 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 the the ball hasn't stopped since. <laughs> Excellent. And another thing you touched on uh, when you were talking earlier was the pandemic. Now, the pandemic, the lockdown period of our lives. For for many people, it was it was a terrible time. Um, but for me personally, like a lot of amazing things happened in that period, and a lot of it was thanks to the improv community all joining together online and just forming this wonderful alliance across the world. So I just want to talk to you about your sort of pandemic improv experience and how involved you were and, and how it's changed your improv world. Um, during the pandemic, if it weren't for the pandemic, I wouldn't meet wonderful people from from the UK, from all over the world. Uh, that's, that's that's the first thing. Um, I wouldn't, I would not have been able to attend training because travel is expensive, uh, especially in in a country such as mine. Uh, travel is very expensive, and um, if uh, if there is something that I I remember being told is that if you're going to get into improv and you're going to to be able to become the be- uh, a better improviser, you have to be able to play together with more people and be the person that people would like to play together with. And I was afraid that I wouldn't be that person. So I, I, I wanted to attend. Uh, prior to the pandemic, I was given a chance to, to go to the United States and attend classes at, uh, the Impro Theater. And that was a wonderful experience learning from, from these people and, um, learning from, uh, the people, the folks over at, um, at comedy sports and actually attending the world championship of mm-hmm. comedy sports there but during the pandemic uh, and, and that was a wonderful experience but during the pandemic i would meet people at 3 a.m just to attend the class and never mind the the time difference because there's always you know you're at home you're not doing anything you can get sleep later but meeting these people at 3 a.m and then you know um and and being able to play scenes together with them and um that was just wonderful i learned so much and i'm humbled by that um that i i developed my own style my personal style and it's some something that's maybe non-transferable but there are skills that are transferable and are shareable so that that became that that was wonderful um i'm I'm part of facebook groups because of improvisers number one um shout out to ari um for making me part of uh the conversations at impro uh in norway um he just opens a, a, a chat group and goes like jay attend this send the zoom link <laughs> and then i enter the room link and i go like oh everybody's playing yay okay um shout out to kevin also uh for att- uh, for uh doing um I'd, I'd like to shout uh send a shout out to ankur and um and the wonderful people in 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 in, in uh I, I could not say the name but it's the it's the it's indian improv 
uh, it's the Indian improv groups of Bala and Shweta and and all of these wonderful people who meet you uh, there and teach you stuff that oh okay that's actually possible I never thought that was possible because I've been told they don't do that and then they, and then somebody tells me that well it's your group you can decide what to do and what not to do and I go like oh yeah that's right too um, so um. Ari made me part of, uh, made me an administrator of a, a, a Facebook group called Improvisers Talking About Food. <laughs> and there's no improv there. It's just food. And it, it started as us taking pictures of what we're eating and then sharing it to the world. And then I got in, in that led to being invited to playing with people who get their prompts from the food that shared <laughs> to them. It it was so crazy and wonderful and and um it 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 now that you look back at the two years or, or three years uh that the pandemic has um has passed uh, we're still in it we're still there but you look back and it's not this just the fear the fear is tempered by a wonderful community that came together and said we are stronger than this. And this is something that I think our art form helped us prepare for. So that was just us being open to each other and you know, being nice to each other, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the the community in things like improvisers talking about food, I love that. You know, the, There's improvisers in there I've, I've never encountered anywhere else except in that group, but it's awesome and then there are people like helena yang for example she was in the uk fairly recently and seki and i had never met her i had never even interacted with her online but seki had interacted with her online and she was going to be in liverpool uh, running uh, an lci workshop and we invited her to stay with us because we're not that far from liverpool and give her a taste of wales and she came and, and she stayed for a few days and it was amazing i was just like here's this person from korea traveling the world never met her we just opened up our home to her and you know we're really pleased that we did because we've we've made a great friend a wonderful improv connection and then when we came out to the philippines recently we got to meet up with you and a couple of the other guys out there and i just think how awesome is that these are just people that we met that were just sat in bedrooms during this crazy time in the world and now we're able to just get together and spend the night in a karaoke room and just <laughs> having the time of our lives <laughs> with endless food we have to end uh, uh, no no Philippine gathering would be would be a Filipino gathering if it didn't have food in it. I, I guess Helena would agree also because when she visits the Philippines, it's always you know uh, where have you eaten? That that's the greeting. That's the <laughs> when you come to the Philippines and you hi hello have you eaten? That's the thing. That, that that's the thing. You you if you visit a Filipino home or if you meet Filipinos abroad wherever they are. I I, I know you know some Filipinos there also, the greeting is always, have you eaten? So. <laughs> well, I also find out it really didn't matter whether you have eaten or not because you're going to eat some more. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, we have this thing uh, that we, well, we, we, this is a secret for anyone visiting the Philippines. Eat light at 
uh, and and uh, sorry, eat small frequent meals. Okay. So what's going to happen is like if you eat um something at this house and then you're going to the next house just to have a taste of everything and then uh, depending on how many houses you're going to visit. So you can actually have your own 12 course meal um if you're you're visiting 12 houses you can you can taste this and that. <laughs> That's advice I wish I'd have known in advance because <laughs> but but of course we had to you know not tell you that in advance. So that you, <laughs> because yeah. the experience would be more visceral if you didn't, you know, if you didn't know. So as as a British person, it's like a, like an unspoken thing here that you finish what's on your plate. Otherwise, it's it's rude. So <laughs> when we were there, the point of us going to the Philippines was for Seki to uh, reconnect with old friends, see family that she's not seen for ages, and for me to meet all of these people that I hear about all the time, but I've never met or I've only ever met on a screen. So it was it was a holiday based on people rather than places. I mean, we still went to great places, but it was just wall to wall catching up with people. So every day was, right, we're gonna meet this group and then we're gonna meet this group and, and then we're gonna go to that house. And it was incredible and it was a whirlwind, but every group that we met with involved food. So all day long, it's just like, oh, have you tried this? Oh, we'll order this. Have you tried this? Oh, we'll order this. Uh, oh, you must try that. You must try that. And all this food was just piling up. And I was just, just at, at the start, I was like, oh, this is great. Filling my face. And then you get to like the fourth meeting of the day. It's just like, oh, no, um, it's, it's all right. I've eaten. No, no, no. You must try this. You must try this. <laughs> I'm just constantly just filling my face. Um, and and uh, one other suggestion is get the small plate. <laughs> and even if you fill it, it's it looks big because it's it's small bites of everything. But you know, now you know what to do next time. Next time. <laughs> also, I was trying to explain to people. So a lot of people are like, "Oh, what's it like in the Philippines? What's it like?" And the best way I could describe it was, it seemed like a great way to see Asia because it's quite westernized. So you're in Asia and you're getting all the Asian culture, but I didn't feel lost because everyone was speaking English, like signs were written in English. <laughs> so that uh, was... Uh, when you visit the Philippines, uh, the first thing, it's, it's an assault to your senses, but then you start, uh, you start compartmentalizing it in, in a good way. Uh, for me, if I were, were someone outside looking in, you would compartmentalize it in, uh, in a good way. And I usually divide it into two things. The Philippines is hot and warm. <laughs> it's hot. The weather is hot. The food is hot. We it, 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 it we recently we recently got um a, a thirty two degree Celsius day that felt like fifty okay. uh, because of the humidity. Um, and yet we start the day by drinking hot coffee. <laughs> and and it is through this hotness that cuts through it uh, the warmth cuts through that and um and there is where genuine connections happen uh, so that's how i describe the philippines it's both hot and warm oh yeah it's a really good way of putting it something else that um i take away from my trip to the philippines is the roads are scary <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a there's a 
notion that if you can drive in the Philippines, you can drive wherever. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a friend who recently went to Vietnam and he rented a motorbike there. And when they asked him, where do you live? Um, are you going to... Because he was a foreigner in the country. Yeah. And he said, oh, I come from the Philippines. And they went like, okay, Filipino. Yes, we're friends. Okay, you know the rules of the road. Go. <laughs> and he was given the chance to drive a motorbike in, in Vietnam. No questions asked because, you know, he drives in the Philippines. And when, when he was asked, where do you drive in the Philippines? Oh, I'm in, in Manila. And everywhere. Even more, even more. <laughs> so, yes, here's your motor, motorbike. And there was a thing that I'm told is is just a thing in Metro Manila, and it's with the traffic lights when you reach the the blocks because it's quite Americanized how it's set out in the blocks there, and it's that the drivers get agreeing to turn right, and the pedestrians get agreeing to cross the road at the same time, and but, you just have to work it out for yourselves. Yes, yes, you just have to work it out for yourself. But but. Again, um, pedestrians have the right of road when they're turning right. Okay. Uh, or or we're, we're making the right. It just so happens that the ra- that the the light turns green, and they just have to wait for you. Uh, Unfortunately, if you walk a tad slower than <laughs> usual, they will honk at you and uh, first in a loving path, in a loving way, and then in an annoyed way. But you know. <laughs> I think uh, I think in some places um, it's rude to honk at crossing pedestrians, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so so yes, the pedestrians have right of way when they cross, which is why you have a lot of um, overpasses or um, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah elevated walkways. Except that they're kind of difficult. Uh, access is not a very good thing in the Philippines. So if I were in a wheelchair, I I would have a difficult time uh, okay. uh, going up into the uh, into the elevated walkways. And we were fortunate when we were there. We only had one day of rain, but boy, did it rain! <laughs> yes, yes. I think that was the day that uh, we we actually almost had a storm. I say almost. <laughs> Because it was a low pressure area, and then it became like a tropical storm, and then it fizzled out a bit, and then gathered more strength when it left the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, it was that one. But imagine that um, happening often. Like the Philippines gets a minimum of twenty one storms a year, and not all of them make landfall, or not all of them pass through the 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 the, the main body of islands, but it influences the southwest monsoon. So even if it doesn't cross the islands, it might influence the monsoon and still bring rain to a lot of parts uh, of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one place that you you could visit next time is Baguio City, which uh, where my parents migrated from to uh, from Manila when I started college. So when I started college, they transferred to Baguio. Um, or when I graduated from college, I mean... Um, it, it rains there 364 days a year. Wow. So in various strength. So <laughs> if you're there, it's it's a lot like it, it's cold as Korea and it's uh, it's rainy like London. That's the that's a, a good way of describing it. 
So it's always yeah. wet, but never. Um, but but you know, it it's always bright. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had a discussion with Seki about the rain, and when she first moved to the UK, uh, she couldn't understand why people would sort of complain the way they would complain about being stuck in the rain until she got stuck in the rain and she realized, oh, because in the Philippines, yeah, it rains and you get wet, but it's warm. So it, it doesn't feel so bad. But here, because it's cold, like when it rains, you you just feel really cold. It's like, it's like crushed ice on your neck. <laughs> yeah. Because the one day that I was in the UK, the one day that I was in London, like in, in, in uh, 2008, I guess, was a day that I... Um, uh, it rained. I got stuck in the rain, and we were trying to go towards um, watching a show uh, in London. Good thing the rain stopped when we were going home already. But okay. uh, having said that, it it was you know like ah, I don't want to get uh, <laughs> those tickets. Yeah. Uh, so let's just go back uh, to Vietnam. You mentioned something happening at the Vietnam Improv Festival. Let's talk about that. Oh, um, the Vietnam Improv Festival is happening in. Um, I I wanted to to get my facts correct because I'm not part of the organizing committee, <laughs> but it's happening in Hanoi. Okay, it's happening in Hanoi, and um, it's happening at the ATH Theaters. Uh, I'm I'm getting confirmation about that. The ATH Theaters, and um, him who I met once in uh, Singapore Improv Festival and I, I immediately fell in love with her the way that she you know the way that she uses space it it, it was wonderful if you're listening to this podcast uh, Ian knows that I'm like touching my face in awe <laughs> um, of how well she uses space and um, so we got a conversation going um, together with Jonathan Pitts uh, from Chicago. And uh, Jonathan said, Kim, this is Jay. Jay, this is Kim. And then we started talking about, oh, oh um, I, I'd like to go to Vietnam. And, and she suggested a date. And then she said, oh, okay. So, um, yay, are you organizing a jam? No, we're organizing a festival. <laughs> and I go like, wow. Okay, I'm going to watch uh, the festival. You're not bringing a team. <laughs> You're not. Uh, okay, I can also attend workshops. Why not submit a workshop? It, it, it was that kind of conversation, and I didn't expect to get in, um, it, or we didn't expect to get in because um, it's it's their first workshop, uh, their first festival. So, I, I mean, I mean, wow, first festival. Um, and then and 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 again, I'm touching my face in awe. Um, <laughs> And and then now um, Kim goes like okay submit your stuff and then I go like okay I submitted stuff the the Laron project got in and uh, it, it's wonderful it's a show that I direct I, I'm co-directing and I also suggested uh, for a, um, an entry for a workshop so I got in also um, and I'm giving a workshop together with um, a, 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 a couple of folks from the Philippines Toto Karandang and Ae Mendoza they're giving their own workshops but I'm giving a workshop on patterns and pattern seeking um, and how it can help you get out of your head because that's one of my biggest problems uh, in improv that when when I'm in a scene I sometimes blank out okay or I, I couldn't I, I couldn't 
function. So one of the micro techniques, he calls it micro techniques. Um, Greg Tavares calls it micro techniques. One of the micro techniques that I've been using, I'm not sure if it's Greg's, but uh, is that you start playing. And when you start playing a game, it, it can be any game, but it, it, um, when once you start playing a game, um, it gets you out of your head. And when it gets you out of your head, I think I heard Paul Valencourt talk about this also. Um, that when you get out of your head because you're playing a game, you're having fun, and it removes you from that, you shift into your improv self rather than the director self, or rather than the um, the um, I'm 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 not a good improviser self, or yeah, you know your 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 imposter syndrome going haywire (laughs) so i'm tricking my imposters i'm not performing i'm just playing i'm playing this game i'm just asking questions all of my dialogues are in questions oh 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 now i have character now well now we have something like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah imposter syndrome is an interesting thing isn't it i i hit with that a lot more than I think I'm going to. But even just recently, I was at the Liverpool Improvisation Festival and we we hadn't long come back from the Philippines. Seki and I were still sort of recovering from the jet lag. We were there with Glossop Improv to perform. And there was a point where it was sort of Wonderful, between... wonderful people, Glossop <laughs> Improv. Yeah. I couldn't yes, and everyone. Yes. Okay. Sorry. You were uh, saying I just had to, you know, exclaim and in awe and touch my face again. Okay. So we were there with Glossop Improv and Glossop Improv has like sort of two facets to it now in that there's the group that Seki and I run, which is the Glossop Improv online, because obviously Seki was in Glossop and set it up and then she's moved to Wales with me, but still wants to be a part of it. So we keep every other Friday uh, an online uh, drop-in session going, and then Jess keeps the in-person sessions going every week. And there's lots of in-person shows that they do in Glossop. But for this show, because we do have quite a few people from around the Liverpool area as part of our online group, Jess sort of merged the in-person and online groups and we performed at the Liverpool Improvisation Festival. But there was just a moment sort of between shows where there were just loads of people in a room in in like the bar area. And I looked around the room and I, I was just like, wow, I was in awe of everyone that was in the room because it was just wall to wall like improv talent like i some of them that i know some of them that i just know of some of them that i don't know um but there was part of me that felt like ooh, like how am i here how am i in this room like how am i part of this uh, i think the jet lag didn't help as well <laughs> but um <laughs> and people were saying hello to me and i was like wow yeah that person just said hello to me <laughs> right right I, I mean, um, I, I had the chance. Well, Helena is a, a, a superstar in her in, in Korea, and then she was like, "Oh, Jason, you're so like this." And and um, it, when she when she gives a compliment, she gives a compliment, and you feel it in your soul, like like I'm not worthy to receive this compliment. And then you know, it, it sums it, it it sums up my life actually. It I mean, imposter syndrome has been a part of um 
and and then you doubt uh, of my life and you and you, then you doubt yourself and you doubt yourself really hard and then you go like nah i can't do this but i'm already on stage so what do i do <laughs> um okay or people look at you and people some people look up to you uh, as um as someone who knows his way around improv and i go like no i'm not worthy so i i that's one reason why i i don't even if some people think that i'm a teacher that teaches improv i don't think i can call myself that yet i don't think that i can i can be that yet so i'd rather be like a sherpa or a guide and then ask you like okay how do you want your improv journey to be do you want to go this route okay then let's go this route or you can go this route um uh, watch out for this um <laughs> you know uh, the 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 sheep might eat your the rest of your food but you know there or if you want to go this way and um this kind of improv and then you can go to this you can read this books because i read this book about improv you can read about it uh you can meet or watch this group um they're they're really good there yeah but to to tell someone that yeah i i teach improv no no i yeah. i facilitate jams there <laughs> Yeah, that's something that I discuss a lot with with Seki and with some others, and because we don't label ourselves as improv teachers, we just say we're facilitators. We're just giving people like an opportunity to come and be part of sessions. And yes, we will lead those sessions, but we will let those sessions go wherever they need to go based on whoever's there. Maybe it's a more experienced group. We can delve a little deeper. Maybe there's some newer people there, so. Uh, you just try and cater for everyone that's there and just give people the opportunity to have that space to do improv. One of the things that I actually uh, wrote down in my bio is that I'm, an, I'm a practitioner of improv or, or I'm an improv practitioner. Yes, I perform. Yes, I lead jams. Yes, I facilitate. But I don't for for you to call me an improv teacher i don't think so um so that's that's the the, the term that i use i'm an improv practitioner oh, yes. I, i use both improv and applied improv but i pra- i practice it i'm not a master at it there are some people who are better at me uh, at doing the things that i do uh but here i am okay and are you willing to uh go on this part of your own journey uh with me it's not your entire journey i'm just here for one part of it wow. and i i think it it works so far yeah um, that's a great way to think my improv philosophy actually is the philosophy of the open palm uh that whenever you give an offer it's an offer given at an open palm or with an open palm if you're if you're too holding on to that offer it's not going to be good or if you just have it too loosely it's going to fall through your fingers so just an open palm in the same way maybe uh the way that i call myself a, a, a practitioner of improv it's there it's a take it or, le- or leave it thing but the offer still stands or will you take my hand and as i lead you to this this part of your journey um and again i, I would like to stress that it's your journey it's not mine it's not it, we it might be our journey for a time but you know it's your journey it's your um it's it's uh if you go through my journey it's not going to be the same so it's still your journey yeah there's been a few times I, I, definitely over the last six months where 
maybe it's after an in-person sessions at Flincher Funny Bone Improv, that second I've been doing, or online with Glossop, or there's a few other things that we've been a part of, or people have just reached out to me online, but people have come to me and they've asked for my opinion on their improv or for some advice. And it's felt, it's felt weird. It's been like, oh, why are they asking, why are they asking me to help them there? So, I mean, it's very nice. It's very humbling that people value my opinion enough to seek me out and ask for direction on certain things. But I always make sure that I say that, you know, this is, they're asking for my opinion and I'll make sure I'll say, this is just my opinion on things. You know, this is, this is what you could do. This is where you need to look to improve, but it's ultimately, it's your journey. It's, it's, it's not for me to just say, right, this is what you have to do. And this is the only thing that is available to you because I've said it. And it's, on, it's only one of the many options that you would take. And it's just like improv. Um, they, you have tools. They can give you the tools. But ultimately, what you build with those tools is your cathedral. It's not ours. Yeah. And I think what I love about improv, and particularly when you watch people are new to improv is I love when you just see someone just instinctively gets it. There's uh, so Seki runs um, improv for teenagers sessions with uh, a guy called Steve. And I get to go along to a lot of the sessions and I'll often catch the last hour, maybe the last half an hour of the session. And I've been, I've, I've led a couple of sessions for them myself and I've just sort of been a part of this group for uh, the last year and I've seen it evolve. There's a couple of girls there. They're about 15, 16 now, I think. And they are improv stars of the future and they don't even know it. They are just so naturally gifted. And I'll go in there at my age as an adult and I will watch them and I will learn because I'm, I'm just like, wow, these guys get it they're incredible and it's a privilege to watch them at this young age and i'm sort of jealous in some respects that they've got this level of improv available to them at that age and they are just taking that ball and running with it but it's really great to watch when someone is new to it and they just instinctively get it similarly uh in the group in the youth groups that i handle um when i started or when we started Grammar's Collective, they were so eager to 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 do the thing, um, and they did it so naturally because play comes so naturally to them. And um, I remember a particular instance. Uh, they were uh, playing a scene at the Manila Improv Festival, and they were like, um, "Guys, I need a distraction." Somebody just walks in and goes like, "I'm a distraction," and it wasn't even a joke. It was it, yeah. It blew every, everyone's mind, and I said that yes, they, they are they're getting it. The same way, the same magic that I saw then, I'm seeing now in the students that I handle in um, Frodinger's Act, because it's a new thing. Nobody does improv, and you you realize that most of the people there are actually studying STEM subjects, so they they get they get it they they're playing and they're they're in a space that they can play uh that they're not afraid to make mistakes they run into it and then they they if they make a mistake they climb out of it and they find a way to climb out of it and i i just wish more people had access to this 
because I had access to it when I was in, in college. And we didn't know that we were doing improv then. We were just thinking that, hey, we're, we're having a workshop. Uh, we're having a performing type workshop so that when we perform on stage, this unscripted, un, uh, unrehearsed work that we're doing, we don't look, uh, we, 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 we at least know we have tools on that. And then we, we started learning the vocabulary, but, but the vocabulary, but never in the way that we learned improv, the, the formal learning of improv. I just wish that more people would be able to do that. So uh, that's one of my next goals to make sure that more people have access to, to what we're doing. Yeah. Now, I have been running an extracurricular activity in my school this year. So for years and years and years, I've run dance classes as an extracurricular activity. But last year, I decided to say, actually, I'm not, I'm not just going to offer dance. I'm going to run what I call an expressive arts club. So I can do dance some weeks, but I can, we'll also do singing and music and, and we're also doing improv. But improv has just really taken off and it's more than anything else just become like a little after school improv club. So I have about 15, eight to nine year olds coming to this club. And it's basically half of my class that I teach in a day that are coming to this club. And I have seen the impact it's had on them in the class because I'm with them every day. And at the start of the year, a question I was getting asked all the time when they've done a piece of work, oh, sir, is this, is this good? Is this, is this good enough? And I will always say to them, it doesn't matter what I think. Do you think it's good enough? Because if you think that's as good as it's going to be, then I will happily look at it and I'll mark it for you. But if you can look at it and think, oh, maybe it's not as good as it can be, then that's the decision you need to make before you hand it in to me. And there was there's just this constant fear of, making mistakes as well and some of them would rather write nothing than than make a mistake and i've had to sort of tell them look guys that's literally why you're here if you knew everything there's no point you being here and if if you weren't making mistakes what's the point of me being here that's why i'm here i'm here to to help you fix those mistakes and steer you back on the right path but i've noticed the children that have been coming to the improv sessions over the last year their mindset has changed compared to the other children in the class and they are embracing the idea of making mistakes to move forward more than the children that aren't coming to the sessions it's just wonderful and it's a magical experience for for kids to rediscover play because a lot of kids i feel i feel and this is my opinion I feel has been conditioned to seek approval rather than uh, find out what they're good at and 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 master that or master it to their own ways. So yeah, it it's both sad and hopeful for me that it, it's sad that it's happening, but hopeful that it's not too late. It's not too late that we can do something about it. Yeah, it's never too late. Like, I've, I've discovered people sort of 70 plus that found improv and, you know, it's been able to change their lives even at that uh, later age. So, yeah, it's never too late. 
<laughs> it's just a wonderful it, it it deserves a pause because then you see the like there's still a lot of things that we have to do but there's a lot of things that we have done before so yes let's crack on to it <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that seems like a wonderful place to bring this conversation to a close so thank you very much i've really really enjoyed this chat hearing about your history and the improv that you're involved in so thank you very much thank you so much for this chance to converse with you for a longer time because um when you visited manila and when we met it was in between plates of food and uh really <laughs> yeah. loud karaoke singing <laughs> <laughs> which by the way every everyone in that room was amazing <laughs> oh, I, I didn't sing. So I was more of the person eating a lot of food and explaining stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like George and Andy, uh, they were they were fantastic singers. Yes, and Joshua also. Uh, yes, everybody was like, you know, video key can be a sport in the Philippines. But, you know, <laughs> everyone has their own um, their own banner songs. Um, so when they 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 when you go get into a video place or a karaoke place, you you actually can look at the menu of songs and you know already. Okay, this is these are the songs that I will sing. <laughs> <laughs> that was also my first experience of a karaoke room like that. So it was quite the experience. That's time. Uh, that's another topic for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Improv and karaoke. Uh, yeah, and on that note, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you so much to Jay for that chat. I really loved just having this time to just sit down and just talk one-to-one and really get into all things improv and find out about the improv scene in the Philippines and his journey and it was really fascinating and I loved how he opened up and went into the details of the accident that he had and the thought process that he went through it was a really wonderful experience I hope that you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed actually having that conversation with Jay and something else that I I really enjoyed recently was yeah I went to the Philippines and I had a wonderful time I went there with Seki and it was all about meeting up with with people it was a holiday all about people and people can be amazing and one of the amazing things on our trip was the fact that we met up with improv people so something that is going to stick with me now is if I'm going away somewhere on holiday I want to find out what the improv scene is I want to meet up with the improvisers of that town that city wherever it is that I am and just you know just get involved go and if there's a show I want to go and see a show and I wasn't able to do that when we were in the Philippines just because uh, any shows that were happening were happening when we weren't actually in Manila. Uh, but yeah, it's really sort of got my got my uh, brain into that mode of wanting to just get more involved in the international improv scene. You know, the pandemic brought so many people together online, but now just thinking, oh yeah, we can get together in person. Recently had... Uh, Helena Yang staying at, at my house and 
just talking to her about all things improv was amazing and she's hopefully going to come on the show soon as well so yeah let's let's keep spreading the improv joy around the world let's keep bringing everyone together instead of being in little insular pockets let's bring the whole improv world together because i think the world will be a better place for it now then if you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene then all the information you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk you can also check us out on facebook by searching for liverpool comedy improv and on twitter and instagram we are at live comedy improv of course we have a facebook page for this show as well specifically for this show just go on to facebook and search for the liverpool comedy improv cast and you will find everything you need to know about the show including all of the links to every episode as and when they drop they generally drop every other monday so you can get into the schedule just hit subscribe and whatever you're listening on and uh, yeah it'll be there ready for you uh, when it's ready so that brings us to apple and spotify actually if you are subscribed on either of those things or you listen on apple or spotify don't forget to just give the show a little five star rating write a nice little review because there's little things like that that really do help to give us a boost and help get our name out there if you're interested in following me on social media in any way shape or form you can find me on facebook instagram twitter youtube and tiktok just search for at ian luke jones got some exciting stuff going on coming up not just improv related uh, but to do with my voice more i am getting into the voice acting world and i look forward to sharing that journey with you uh, soon as well and that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's episode keep coming back for more loads of great ideas loads of great guests coming up on the show in future and we're still working through the a to z of improv and i've asked if you've been reading any improv books that you want to come on and review then get in touch with me and we'll make it happen so yeah my schedule for the next few weeks gets pretty hectic but then i think i've got a bit of time where i'll be trying to schedule lots of interviews uh, into a, a period of time where i've got a bit more time so yeah we'll just see how we go but thank you very much to jay i love that chat i hope everyone listening love that chat and i look forward to bringing you more great content in a couple of weeks before i go as always here are some words that are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and <laughs>